Welcome back to Drag Time with Hecklina. This is the podcast where we discuss drag culture, performance, arts, film and television, travel, when that is a thing, sexual escapades, when that's a thing, uh, generation gaps, things that are political, cancel culture, porn, sex, sex work, displacement, and just generally living the creative life. Uh, we have a new guest every episode. Today we have somebody very exciting, uh, but first, we love your reviews and we love your tips. You can visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com, for all the ways you can support us. And it is as easy as subscribing to Drag Time with Hecklina. Now, I'm really excited about our next uh, our guest today because we've never had a drag king on the show. And um, you know, when uh, when our when our guest today won season three of Dragula, there was a huge buzz in the San Francisco drag community, drag king community about about getting to about booking Landon and having him at Oasis. And I never got around to it before uh, the world ended. So I'm so grateful to be talking to him. He's a drag king, an actor, and a host. As I mentioned, he won uh, season three of the Bully Brothers Dragula and was crowned the world's next drag super monster. Give it up for Landon Sider. Hi, Landon. Hello. I love, that's a great introduction. I love the actor part. That is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actor and I'm accepting acting roles to anyone out there uh, casting. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, there was such a huge buzz around your win. Of course, it was kind of, it was groundbreaking and, you know, and was it, was it, uh, did you feel a lot of pressure once you won, like representing this huge community that had been underrepresented for so long? Man, that's an uh, understatement, the word pressure. I feel like everything times a million from the beginning, from being cast on the show, I felt pressure to represent a, and I, I say this all the time, but it's, I'm, I have this, rep, um, this, responsibility to represent an entire kingdom that I can't accurately represent because we are just as diverse and uh, gorgeous in different styles as the Queens and drag in general. Like we're just a microcosm of art. So just as much artists as out there, it's just as many Kings are out there. So I'm only doing one type of my type, um, but to kind of be the beacon of light that people are only being introduced to just like i'm your first drag king i'm popping drag king cherries all over um since the beginning of my career so it was high pressure but it was also a type of pressure that i've been used to um and uh from being a king um being a lesbian being a woman having to kind of fight through lots of already uh assumptions and as a minority in all those ways, uh, it was, I kind of was, I was ready for it. I was ready. I've, I've broken glass ceilings for myself and personal things throughout my life. Um, and so breaking that ceiling was kind of more exciting because I was prepared. I was ready. I have, I was, I did my homework. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're obviously super, super creative and I've worked with a bunch of drag Kings, uh, in my career. And I, I guess the criticism with drag, with drag King performances is that the machismo is, will never be as interesting in a way as the feminine, as far as like a theatrical spectacle. So mm -hmm. what I mean is sometimes you get, you get a overt machismo of like grabbing your dick and pulling a strap on out and stuff. Like I saw a lot of that. And then I, then I did that, but then I began to see drag Kings kind of transform and become much more 
creative and you know what I mean? Go, go a little bit further than that. I would say it's kind of like how traditional drag used to be of just putting a dress on and standing there and lip syncing. It's not interesting. And then people take it further. So I've seen drag Kings take it so far now and be so creative. And I feel like you're really, really coming up with incredible looks. What, what is your inspiration? Um, my inspiration is really all the kings that weren't uh, unnoticed, have gone unnoticed for being spectacular um, to kind of touch what you were just talking about. I have this kind of theory. Um, kings haven't had the exposure uh, that queens have, and it's not that we haven't existed. Like, you know, you've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the the fact that a, a, a cisgendered man who's six foot tall, standing in six inch heels, wearing a six foot tall wig, literally stands out in a crowd. So you notice him immediately when you walk in. And then you have these um, assigned female uh, performers who are shorter in stature, who are trying to look passable as kings, because that's kind of what the whole vibe was back in the day. You just want to look like a dude uh, sitting in the bar. My goal immediately when I first started was to be unclockable was kind of the thing. And that's kind of what Kings were, com- were going for. And it's are very difficult to, to be, you know, passable and unclockable. And, and when you do it, you feel like, yeah, I did it. But then I realized people weren't noticing all the effort getting put in. Cause then it's looked like a dude sitting at the bar. <laughs> and so I'm like, I was noticing all of my hard work. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to start using color and glitter and rhinestones on my face. And it's just kind of, evolved that way but uh, really um one of my biggest inspirations when it came to that was sexy galaxy who's a incredible king in australia um there's been countless kings of the past that were successful in their own right but uh something about sexy galaxy really got me interested in the color and the the fantasy of um masculinity and how it could be it's more than just grabbing your dick, like you mentioned, and waving around a dildo and putting it in a pie, like all these really unique where people thought they were being unique and political. And it's meant it's meant to be more political in nature than than and political art and performance art than just to gag an audience. They were trying to just gag each other as lesbians to be like, look, I have something I can gag you on too in my pants. Right, right. But, <laughs> um, it was it really brought to life um other things and camp and high camp and sexy really kind of introduced me to how can I make that, but make it mine at the same time. So when it comes to the androgyny of Landon and really enjoying myself at that, definitely uh, sexy was one big inspiration. Oh yeah. And and when, when they're unclockable, I mean, I have hit, I've hit on so many trans men and, and drag Kings over the years, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't even realize it cause they're so hot, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I love it. So and you're also inspired. It, it looks like glamour, sex, but also horror. Were you, have you always been into yeah. horror? Yeah, I have been a fan of special effects makeup. That's kind of what introduced me to uh, the transformation element of makeup. Uh, in high school, I started playing with special effects things and Halloween makeup. Um, Halloween was always my favorite, like a lot of us queerdos are. Sure. Uh, but Halloween special effects makeup is what I really got into. Uh, and that just kind of transferred over into the whole transformation of makeup and transformative elements and ended up falling in love with all that, but horror and special effects. And um, I've started, once I discovered that I could make blood sparkly 
I was like, this is over. It's over. I, all my blood is going to be like two different versions. I'm going to be just hardcore gore where it looks like I was just like in a horror film and just completely a bloody mess or just glab it out and just put, lose all my money on buying rhinestones to <laughs> put red rhinestones all over all of his blood. That's either the two for me, like glamour horror and like hardcore horror are my, my two favorites. Well, yeah, I mean, I was looking at uh, I was looking at your looks, and uh, yeah, I mean, it must be like all the money that you that you get paid for performing just goes back into your drag, you know. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, and that's it's true, but that's also what a lot of uh, the drag artists that have struggled to come up the chain, you know, like we all have when we started to get paid, we weren't all of our beginning, we worked for tips for free. And then you took all that money, just we put it back into your drag. And then you, when you started to get paid, you just put more of that into your drag. Like none of it really went into my pocket until a few years ago where I was able to actually do it for a living and, and live off of it. But then it's not like I'm living a glamour life, you know, I'm still oh, just sure. yeah, fun, yeah. Funding, funding myself and, and hot gluing shit together that I hope can last me at least a couple shows, you know, so right, I right, can right. just get through it. Yeah. So you, um, you obviously, you won season three. And like I said, in your intro, I, I remember having a discussion with some drag kings backstage at Oasis. And they're like, how can we book Landon? So you obviously were like, like we've already talked about, it was a huge a huge sigh of relief or a breath of fresh air for drag kings to get recognition all of a sudden, not all of a sudden. I mean, but definitely you were, you, you were the first of, you know, you were a first. And so, uh, <laughs> and so, um, so you, what, see so you, you did go on this performance treadmill, uh, getting booked a lot. I mean, did you, were you able to, to do a lot of that before the shutdown? Unfortunately, not much. I, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, fortunate to have had a successful blooming career before I was uh, cast on Dragula and competed. So a lot of people were introduced to me, but I, I literally today I was, I woke up this morning and you know, you're just kind of going through social media and I was immediately reminded that three years ago, long time before I was on, on Dragula, I was doing an Australia tour. I was on tour in Australia working with amazing other artists and drag, uh, drag race girls. It was reminder, like, I can go through all of this now, what we're going through, what the world is going through, and I could still make it out the other end because I was already living my dream before I got on a television show. And so I was already performing across the country, uh, internationally, and right when we were announced on the cast, it took a little while for the geeks to come in, and I started seeing a little bit more. And then I was crowned on October, uh, on Halloween, um, I was announced as a winner, and unfortunately, our our tour of that month had been canceled for uh, reasons I can't say because I signed a contract. <laughs> um, I, and know, so, <laughs> I know, I know all the dirt. I, I know all the dirt. Well, I, you I, can say whatever you like, but I can't. <laughs> um, so that 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 got canceled, and so I was kind of stuck without gigs because. My council, my tour that taken up my whole month, yeah, left me high and dry. And then I had November and December uh, of trying to kind of get some gigs in there. Went on a tour in Europe with the Boulay brothers and some of our cast members. Um, and that was incredible. That was fun. And then we came home and everything hit. And so I really only had a couple months of starting to see it. I was 
I was just starting to get to the point where I was somewhere a couple times a week and I was going from, I think I tasted it twice where I went from gig to gig, where I woke up from one morning gig and I flew out to another one. And I was so happy and so excited and to share my art and to meet all these people and then, and then lockdown hit. So I, I got to taste the, what it was going to be like, and then everything kind of froze up. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about the shutdown and the vaccine and blah, 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 but you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I guess it's fair. It's fair to say that, that it will go away and you'll be up on stage again soon. But uh, earlier in the pandemic, you were hosting online events like Socially Distant, which was a virtual showcase dedicated exclusively to drag kings. Uh, do you have anything else that you, I mean, I'll say for me, that when the pandemic hit, I was gung-ho about virtual shows. I was doing them constantly, but mm-hmm. I just, I got bored with them. So are, are, well, how do you feel about the whole virtual drag stuff? You know, I have always looked at um, my responsibility as a drag performer, as someone that our community looks to for entertainment. And I proudly and uh, went into digital drag and knew that I felt like that was just the new version of going to the bars and having a shit day and our community going through the AIDS crisis and going through getting beaten up at Stonewall on a regular basis, but you go as an avenue to release and to forget about that and to, to come together. And I kind of felt like this is just our new version of that. This is you going onto a, into a digital uh, bar venue and are watching the shows and it's unique and weird, but this is just a new way. And at first it was, I was overwhelmed. Uh, honestly, I was uh, immediately cast on bitches show. So I'm a cast member and we were doing weekly shows and I was coming up with a full production, highly edited video every single week. And it was, it was artistically challenging. I was overwhelmed. I was actually kind of getting um, anxiety over it. I was enjoying it, but it was a little too much. And then we started to slow down because as bitch always puts out, uh, we thought it was a quick sprint race. Now it's a marathon. So we have to slow down and kind of take our time with it. Um, so now we're, we went from twice a month. Now we're at once a month and I feel more um, at ease with it. I have really enjoyed myself. I've taught myself so much in editing and I've spent uh, most of the tips that has been sent, spent, uh, sent to me digitally, I just kind of repurposed, like we said earlier, back into my drag and I bought a bunch of lights and I bought setups and I bought a, a decent camera and just so I could keep putting out content that, well, honestly, two parts, one for my full narcissism and vanity so I can keep seeing more of myself cause I'm pretty and, <laughs> <laughs> and um, to, to really, for everyone else too, you know, like, uh, putting out that content and keeping them entertained and distracted. And I still do my political statement pieces. I still make nods to, um, uh, just everyday life and making those kinds of things that I would at a drag show. If I was hosting one of my shows, I would probably do some bullshit like I do in some of my digital drag videos. I, have enjoyed myself. It's overwhelming. The tips have definitely slowed down. In the beginning, people were kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> opening up their wallets yeah. a lot more. And it's understandable. Yeah. People are, more and more people are, are going out of work and having trouble uh, feeding their families. I completely understand. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's starting to hit a little bit harder. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to ask 
people to give, give you money when they can't, don't have a pot to piss in themselves, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, the tips were so great at first because like you said, everybody is like, okay, uh, next month we'll be back to, you know, this will all be over or whatever. I never really thought like in three months we're going to be back to be every doing, everyone doing everything. Exactly. No. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. So Landon, would, would you say that um, digital drag and online drag show is on Twitch about twice a month? And what's the best place for people to find that? Uh, bitch Pudding, and that's spelled B-I-Q-T-C-H, uh, C-H. A B I Q T C H uh, put in. That's her Twitch channel. We are now once a month. We just switched to once a month. We're going to be the third Friday of every month, and you can see brand new content uh, from me on that show. Digital, full digital video, um, and you can also look back on my my YouTube. I've uploaded a bunch of my full videos, and I'll slowly be adding all of them because I kind of took a break from posting all of my videos for a minute, but they'll be going up eventually. Oh my God, I have to get bitch on this show. Um, I actually was one of the judges uh, uh, on her season. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely have to talk to Bitch and Vander and all those people. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I know pretty much every person that's ever been on Dracula. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and of course, I'm really good friends with the Boulets. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to keep going back to this thing of you being like the bearer of the torch, you know, but there have been a couple of Renaissance periods as far as drag kings. And in San Francisco, it it even went further. Um, There was, you know, there was faux queens, which is now an outdated term. And there was faux kings, which is a real mind bender. It was boys impersonating women, impersonating men. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was, uh, you know, so, I'm so used to it. There, there's still people out there who don't even know what a drag king is. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, but so th- there was a renaissance, like when John Waters put out Pecker and used drag kings in that movie. Mm-hmm. And and you know what I mean. There's definitely been times, but now the focus has definitely been on you being the first to ever win the Boulet Brothers Dragula. So of course I want to ask you uh, how you feel about. RuPaul's Drag Race. It's taken them a long time to uh, kind of get with the program, and they finally have their first ever um, trans uh, contestant got mixed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, what do you? So uh, I was always being asked what I thought about RuPaul's Drag Race and how outdated their criteria was for um, mm-hmm. for contestants. And I think they've finally kind of. I don't know if she's if RuPaul is about to pressure or whatever, but give, give me your thoughts on RuPaul's Drag Race. I I mean the fall on Got Mick. I'm super excited for him. He uh, is an incredible artist in his own right and has been showing that for years. I've worked with him and we've had lovely exchanges backstage uh, before. So I'm super excited for him. I'm super excited that the, the world is being introduced for, to what they think is a unique version of drag. And we all know has existed. Um, and what a great introduction to have got milk be their introduction. Uh, I, I still, I'm not um, a huge fan of the franchise and what it's kind of stood for and what it's doubled down on many times before. I have always acknowledged RuPaul's hard work and um, what they have done to pave, what she's done to pave the way for us and what we do now with drag. I was able to do drag full time before being on Dragula. And I know that was really all thanks to what RuPaul has done for the community. And I'm grateful to what uh, the show in itself has done. And I know all these little shows have, have picked up and I was able to work 
every night of the week, to, uh, thanks to people being interested in going out to live watch drag, thanks to the show. So I'm I'm never ig- ignorant or going to just be dismissive of that huge part of it. But I've I've seen firsthand, and I've been a part of conversations that have shown that the uh, version of drag that that show wants to show doesn't include um, what the audience what what our, us as professionals really want to see. I think the first step in seeing a trans man is great and I applaud it for everything that it deserves. I still think the audience needs to see a trans woman. I think that is the that that is so important and should be the first thing that they should have seen presenting as feminine trans women. Um and of course kings, but I also rep- I also recognize the importance of our trans uh siblings, trans sisters and the history that they've had in drag and we have everything to be grateful to them. So when it comes to paying homage and uh being grateful to our history, I, I still I still am waiting for the day that we see more inclusivity in that show. And I think I can say this is the first step. But I still hope that we see more. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the argument could be made that they had Peppermint on there and they had, you know, all that stuff. But I don't think Peppermint was allowed to be out about No. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's, she didn't present as feminine. She didn't present as, her, as herself in that way. And, right. and it's been spoken of many times. And, and there has been lots of uh, things about um, my... Um, people have asked direct questions to the producers about me and uh, those like questions have been edited out of the videos that were then posted. So this is kind of like, you know, like the audience had a reaction to that question in a very positive way. And then her answer was dismissive. And then that's the one question that was deleted from the video. So it's just kind of like, Girl, <laughs> we see we see you. We see what you're doing, and you have an outdated approach. And she just said recently, like, look, my 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 view on drag is is has been one way, and the kids have a different view, and that's true. And I'm glad that she finally uh, addressed that and confessed to that. I still think that there's so much so much more that she could do, and I'm not counting on that show to do that anymore. I'm not right. I'm not counting on it. I'm not I'm it, if it does happen, I'm excited and I applaud the people that are making that choice or to be the representatives of that change. But I'm just not counting on it anymore. Right. I think what you're both describing um, with past seasons and then your experience to Landon is a very curated kind of exclusion, um, mm-hmm. you know, the editing of videos and everything, which oh, is, yes. you know, having a person who's transgender be a contestant, but not allowing them to be out about it to participate. Mm-hmm. That's a really specific kind of exclusion that is, it's harmful and it's hurtful. It's not just like, we don't get to play at your party. Exactly. It's, you know, it's about a person's core identity and who they are in the world world then yeah that's just not a part of rupaul's uh big gay world like what exactly. a bummer and there's so many, so many opportunities that could be given to introduce their audience to all of these type of people there's so many opportunities they can do in a challenge or have guest judges to really have a whole topic conversation to introduce their audience to drag kings or to trans women and really celebrate it even if it's just a one-off challenge like they have that opportunity and they still chose not to i've had countless conversations with people who are rupaul's drag race fans exclusively don't know about other drag they don't know that uh, that kings exist they don't know that trans women exist 
kids, they watch the Christmas special or the Halloween, was it no, the Christmas special? Um, and they saw Sonique and people were coming to me in person and complaining that that's cheating, that a trans woman is cheating and drag. And I had to school so many people and get in arguments about how important our trans siblings should be celebrated. And they just didn't get it because they're not being introduced to it. And that's such a shame. Well, I've to me, this, it's yeah. sad. I've had, yeah. This, yeah, I've had this talk with Boulez and, and countless people before. I think that, um, that the demographic that they are now playing to is such a teeny bopper demographic that all they can really, I mean, and let's not even get into the race, the whole, the whole thing about, the, about race, but uh-huh. the, the, real, <laughs> the, 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 the thing that they are selling to these teeny boppers is, is Willem and Alaska and pretty and, you know, and, um, and so I think for, for them to try to throw in, gender stuff and trans I, I mean these 14 year old girls that go to you know drag con I, I think I think they're just not willing to to be adventurous at all and give these girls the benefit of the doubt that they can that they're that they can you know get it or you know right <laughs> which, which is such a shame because a child youth and children can learn at such a higher rate and speed than adults do. So the faster you introduce new vernacular, new language, new concepts, the more they're going to grow up already accepting of so many things. And so when you approach it from that way, you're not taking the opportunity to teach youth and little girls who find inspiration in these queens and think, I want to do that, but I can't because I'm a girl. So So they lose the inspiration of finding how that inspires them. And if they get introduced to all these different versions, then little and and little trans women when they're confused in their little bodies they don't think that they have a place in that either because they're not being introduced to it and and i think it's we're losing out on the opportunity to to utilize that and from especially from that perspective of them targeting youth and that's what makes it even more sad they're targeting youth but not taking advantage of the fact that they can learn so much faster it's also a strange thing because rupaul did not grow up in this in this she grew up in in the club world so it's weird it's weird that there would be these kind of rules but i think I, i think i think she She's got, she's hit the big time. She's playing it safe. There's a whole army of people who are making a living off her. And like you said, I'm oh, yeah. not, I'm not holding my breath uh, for, oh, that, yeah. for that I show. Gave that up. I yeah, gave yeah. up on that a long time ago. I gave up on it so long ago. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's, you do you, I'll do me. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I think I was successful. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, back to you. Back to you. Back to me. That's like about me again. Now, um, I know you have a background in theater, and uh, but I want to talk to you. So you, there's a gun held at your head, and you have to pick costumes or makeup. Ooh, makeup because I'll just paint on my costume. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> Is your wife supportive of Landon? Super supportive. We met before I started to do drag. um, And she has seen me at my grossest phases and seen me at my highest. And uh, she's always been my number one support. And she's my harshest critique as well. She's the first one to say, ooh, yeah, babe, you should not do that again. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, no. Why did she tell you that? Oh, when I've absolutely miserably failed on stage and embarrassed myself. (laughs) Yeah, she's the first person to come backstage and be like, babe, 
yeah, don't don't do that again. And I'm like, I know, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I just hate when I have friends who um, were amazing performers and then they get into relationships and I've had drag king friends and drag queen friends get into relationships and their partners are like, I don't like drag. And they make the, you know, they make them stop. Like mm-hmm. the thing that brings them joy. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. That's, a, that's unfortunate. No, my, my wife and I have a, have a very, um, beautiful relationship where we just respect each other. We know we're going to both change independently, but we also committed to, uh, support each other's changes uh, separately and together. And, you know, we, we've, we've always committed to that and to supporting each other's passions. And um, the, uh, when she, when I first started to do drag, I'm a, I'm a big uh, art of practice makes perfect, at least near perfect. And so I was practicing my makeup almost every day in the mirror all the time. Um, and of course, in the beginning, like I said, the, the thing was to pass. So I was trying to make myself look like a dude as much as possible, where she even questioned, are you trans? Because you're so obsessed with looking like a dude right now. And then when she first saw me on stage and the way I came to life and the and I tried to tell her my concepts and she's like, I don't get it. And then she saw it and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is something special for you. So she's always seen it and has acknowledged that this is a passion and and she would she has never ever made me feel like i shouldn't do my passion well aren't you lucky to have a supportive partner yes super lucky people are like they're sweet and they're trying to be nice but they go on social media and they're like oh your wife is so lucky i'm all fuck that noise to put up with the bullshit that a drag artist has to put their partner through i am the lucky one Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I say about anybody who sleeps with me. They're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we're all looking forward to getting the jab of this vaccine and going back up on stage. Do, do you have anything anything in the works for 2021? Honestly, no. I have been pushed back a bunch of gigs. Um, I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for everything to calm down. I keep denying gigs and push, pushing back gigs. Um, my tour in Europe that was scheduled. I should be there right now, actually. Oh, I should be. I should have arrived today. Oh my god. Oh man, it just made me sad. Uh, <laughs> I should have yeah. arrived today for my tour in Europe. Um, to quarantine for two weeks, and that got pushed back. I ended up getting added to a Halloween tour. So I'm, I'm hoping that our Halloween tour uh, goes through. I'll be pretty much a whole month with um, Holy Tea Heels of Hell, which is a huge, huge Halloween tour they have out there in Europe every year. Um, Right now, that's kind of my goal, is is hoping that that comes to pass, Um, continue doing my digital drag, losing all of my quarantine weight because I eat my feelings and I've had a lot of feelings the last year and um, I've gained a lot of weight with those feelings. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to work on losing all of that and focus again on fitting back into my drag costumes is pretty much my goal for 2021. All right. Just well, to fit yeah. into my costumes. <laughs> it's all baby steps. You know, I, my, 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 my calendar is pretty open too, but yeah. when things do open up again, Landon, I cannot wait to, uh, to book you and, and meet you it. and all that stuff. Well, thanks for talking to us today of um, course. drag time with Heclina. is there anything else you want to talk about 
I would love people to follow me on all my social medias. Uh, I'm regularly putting out content. I just entered the TikTok world where I feel like a grandpa, but I am kind of enjoying it a little more than I maybe should. So you can follow me on TikTok, on all social media, and um, to follow and the hashtag drag kings and introduce yourself to a, a sea of talented other kings out there. I'm not the only one. There's amazing kings out there. So follow me and follow a king. Thank you so much for also yeah being so so supportive of the drag the other drag kings. You know, of course, yeah. yeah. When when one comes up, we try to extend our help our hand out and help other ones. I think that's what what women in power have done best. You know, we we don't just think of ourselves. We try to extend our hand out and throw a ladder down and like here, I I did some other hard work, but you're working just as hard. I'm just the one who got lucky. Right, right. And yeah, I, I really appreciate too, that too. When those RuPaul girls, they always are like, hey, check out these dinosaurs, Heclina and Di- Lady, <laughs> Lady, Lady Bunny and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heclina. Um, thank you again, Landon Cider. Uh, if you love us, please show it, subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Heclina. All right. Thank you again, Landon Cider. And thank you, Mark. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.